intro. You went live. <laughs> so, so, so roll the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can still do it. You can. I can yeah. still do it. I can All still right. do it. Hi, everybody. We're, we're live at Bell, so we're going to do our intro. Uh, right. Normally, I do this, and now uh, Brian's go. Let's go. <laughs> Intro. <laughs> and we're live. <laughs> Nobody saw anything. Uh, so if we sound a little, you know, uh, echoey or something, we apologize. We're uh, we're working with our you know portable setup here tonight. So uh, I think we'll I think we'll be all right. You guys, let us know if you can't you know hear us or anything like that. Yeah, so everybody, just do some tests. Leave a comment and we'll we'll fiddle with stuff. But as you can see, we're here. We've got an uh, engineer in the background. You can't see it. But. <laughs> We're here at the Eccentric Cafe, uh, filming live uh, with Ian Gould. Uh, this is episode forty-eight, uh, and we're going to talk uh, talk about the Bell's uh, homebrew program and the homebrew competition. Um, we sure are. <laughs> so first, though, uh, to, to to get into it, we typically drink or talk about what we got in our glass. What are we drinking tonight? And as you can see, uh, we've got some beautiful glassware from Bell's. We've got. Tables filled with bells. They really laid it out here for Get us. Get a little spoiled tonight. I know. This is, this <laughs> yeah, is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm actually drinking an upper hand beer. Uh, upper hand light, right? Yep. I think that's what we put in the glass. So thank you, Ian, for setting up the spread for us. What do you got? What do you drink? Of course. I'm drinking my favorite Bell's beer, Amber Ale. Good standby. Just the freaking delicious beer. All right. I have uh, in this nice fancy glass. Uh, Oh, it's delicious. Uh, this is the Grisette, which if I uh, recall, Belgian ale, dry hopped with sauce. Yep, that's nice. it. All right. Now I'm rocking the ginger lime ale, which tastes like ginger and lime in a beer. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> my, my girlfriend's hell, pretty much. But it's, it's great. Oh, Brian, your mom's on. Say hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. Oh, yeah. Hi, yeah. mom. <laughs> <laughs> We got, got a bunch of regulars in there, so hi everybody! Thanks for joining us tonight. Really, yeah. we're uh, we're really excited. We, as you guys know, are really into uh, the homebrew competitions and feedback and brewing better beer and stuff like that. And uh, the Bell's homebrew competition obviously didn't happen last year because of COVID. So we're excited to talk to Ian, who is organizing it this year, uh, and we're excited for its you know, kind of re kickoff. And sort of it's reorganization too, right? Ian? Yeah, we're kind of starting um, from scratch with with a year off. Um, we had some time to reflect on what we could do better, or how we could change it. Um, I elicited feedback from home brewers with really what what would they like to see, you know? And I, I asked you guys, and um, I wanted to sort of think about, you know, we we are already running a unique competition. It's free to enter. You're, you're given the word, everybody's kind of starting from the same place. Um, but I was wondering if there are things that we could do better. And so we were kind of taking this the year to reevaluate and uh, change some stuff up and hopefully make a, a better experience for everybody. Um, in, in, in a lot of ways, hopefully. Right on. Yeah. So before we dive into that, Ian, what is your role or tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do for Bells? Yeah. So I, um, I'm my role is senior store clerk. So I'm a full-time store clerk at the Bell's General Store. Um, I'm kind of the de facto go-to for homebrew um, expertise. 
Um, I spend a lot of time managing the homebrew side of the store. Those of you that haven't been into the store or haven't been in a while, store is basically split in half. We have the homebrew side where you can have malt, hops, yeast, homebrew equipment, anything you need. Um, also cider, meat, and wine. We sell equipment for all that stuff as well. And then, of course, we sell all of Bell's beer there. Um, and then we have sort of your general gift shop merchandise. So it's a good combination retail, homebrew, and beer sales. Um, I spend a lot of time doing educational programming. So um, just about everybody in the store is at least a uh, Cicerone certified beer server. We do um, uh, we homebrew every single month with everybody in the store. The clerks uh, that work there all take turns designing a recipe and we brew it, we sell it um, in, in clone kits. So a, a lot of what I focus on is the homebrewing community making sure that um, I'm providing resources that are new, that people want, um, the best possible quality ingredients that we can get in the store. And then for the, you know, my big passion and kind of how I, what I do downtown in a bigger mm -hmm. picture is providing educational resources. So if people want to become BJCP certified or if they want to become a certified Cicerone or advanced Cicerone, um, I build um, education you know, um, modules or curriculums to help people get to where they want to go for their beer knowledge. Um, I'm Bells and myself are a firm believer in, in beer education and that, you know, people that want to be in the beer industry and want to have a career in beer, we want to equip them with the skills that they need. And also along the way of doing that, you end up creating people that love homebrewing, you know, it's just kind of, it goes hand in hand. And I think, um, Everybody here is a testament to that. Homebrewers, by and large, know the most about beer, and they're in the most informed consumers that we have. Um, so, you know, it helps when the people <laughs> that are yeah, right, <laughs> for better or for worse, it's they're a, you know a huge part of our community. So, um, that's kind of well, you know, the long and short of it is what I do here is is a lot of education homebrew we appreciate it <laughs> yeah, I, love it. I love beer you know? yeah. we do and you just recently got your own bjcp certification right yep i did i did my during covid yep my during covid which is weird yeah. um so starting to get my hours in and um you know we're working up the ranks of bjcp tests and, and hours and judging um i'm also working on my certified cicerone exam so august 6th I'll have that done. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of that, a lot of sensory training. I have, I'm, I'm honestly very lucky to work where I work and have the resources and a company that wants to wants me to do those things, you know, and keeps pushing me to like do more and learn more. Um, so for those like my mom, or that, that maybe aren't, aren't so much in, uh, into like the competitive scene uh, as far as like beer competitions goes, uh, like what is the BJCP? What's the significance of you having you know, that certification? Yeah, so BJCP or the Beer Judge Certification Program is sort of the organization that sanctions um, beer competitions. And they also kind of have the go-to um, style guidelines. So when you are drinking an American IPA, one of the ways you know it's an American IPA, IPA is because the BJCP put in a lot of work to tell you what it is, you know, <laughs> generally, you know, and there's some debate. And, you know, we also have the Brewers Association style guidelines, which are also fantastic. 
they change, you know, more frequently than BJCPs does. Um, but it's significant because, you know, BJCP represents um, a standard for which home brewers and brewers can guide themselves by. Um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about competitions, generally, you're trying to fit yourself into, into, into a style. Um, and those guidelines give you the exact parameters that you need to fit into in order to, um, to be successful. And it's not saying that you have to be make, creating a, bo a boring beer. So if we're doing like an American IPA, that it has to have uh, Cascade hops, that it has to be exactly 7%, you know, but it gives you an area to focus in on what makes a good IPA. And so that is one of the things I think is significant about BJCP and why it's important to have people um, that, you know, are well in tune with those guidelines. Uh, not everybody needs to have it, you know, because that might be a little overkill. But if you've got a couple people sitting at a table and that, you know, know these really specific quantitative qualities of beer, then everybody else can focus on, you know, the, the non-tangible components of beer. And that's yeah. what I kind of like about yeah. judging. Is, uh, yeah. It's actually a, uh, an episode we've talked about doing, and I think we will. And we've actually talked to you about it. Um, uh, Ian was, was kind enough to judge the last Keepers of Craft um, Keepers Cup competition that we did. And so I'd like to get you and some other BJCP judges on and, and talk through it. I think there's a lot there. People are don't really know about what it does and what it is. And, and uh, you know, we all try to kind of brew beer to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's like a healthy amount of demystifying that can be done by judges, you know, but it's kind of like these people that are out in the ether with superpowers and they can taste everything. That's not true. There's a lot of things that I can't pick up that maybe somebody else can, but um, it's just putting in a lot of time and, and tasting a lot of beer, which I know sounds like a really hard job, but <laughs> someone's got to do it. There's probably an aspect of understanding your own limitations in that too. Right. Yeah. So confirmation bias, uh, sensory bias, all these things like my number one quality that I could pick out of beer is um, acetaldehyde. I'm very sensitive to it for some reason. But when it comes to um, cardboard or oxidation flavors, very low. Um, so what, what flavor is acetaldehyde? You could get um, most people will pick it up as like a green apple um, or to me, I get more on the squash, like raw pumpkin raw squash side of, side of beer uh, or of a, it's a kind of a fermentation. I, I, I hesitate to call it an off flavor because it exists in every beer that we're drinking, but in really high levels, you get apple, green apple, squash. Green apple is not always a bad thing, but if you're, no. you know, but if you're drinking a stout or uh, a brown ale, you don't really want to be punched in the face with green apple. You know? yeah. So in those right. cases, uh, squash, green apple aren't, aren't appropriate, but it's understanding, you know, that I'm very sensitive to that. It might be an acceptable level in the beer that I'm drinking. So, um, it, it does take a lot of getting to know what you're sensitive to and what you're not sensitive to. Um, flavor spikes from Siebel, um, you know, off flavor samples and off play off flavor kits are really helpful if you're just trying to get your palate and they're rel relatively cheap. Just if you're ever curious about, you know, what off flavors you pick up really well or not, Spend twenty bucks, get an off flavor kit, and uh, it's going to make your your homebrews better because you'll be able to pick up you know, these, these aromas. I remember when I was uh, first starting homebrewing. I think somebody called out buttery popcorn, mm -hmm. and I think it stuck in my head. And I felt like every beer I brewed for the the first year, I tasted buttery popcorn. 
nobody else did. I just did. So it is, it is good to actually, uh, you hear us talk about, um, you know, that buttery popcorn or the green apple or the cardboard or the rubber, um, but to actually get one of those kits and taste what it really is. Um, I think that's some of the, the issues that we have around it is people hear these terms and these flavors, but they don't really have experience tasting it in beer or knowing exactly what it is that you're tasting in beer. So. Right. And also off flavors aren't, um, they're not, they don't have to be scary. If you have an off flavor in your beer, either it's a learning opportunity uh, somewhere in your process that you understand, like I can go back and, you know, maybe I just need to diacetyl rest a little bit longer, or maybe I'm not letting my yeast attenuate fully or something like that. So there's, there's issues and off flavors doesn't mean you have, you just made the worst beer on the planet. Yeah. It's just yeah, like, no. you know, they can um, also be styled too absolutely like if i'm drinking a bitter like an english style bitter i like a little bit of diacetyl i'm not gonna yeah. lie no and, and i mean that's the same thing with uh you know certain styles kind of are expected to have that pilsners the dm a little bit of yeah a little um, bit of, mm-hmm. uh and, and like you said english styles a little bit of diacetyl i've talked to brewers before that you know i've asked questions about you know why why are you okay with this level of diacetyl in your beer and they're like blatantly open and saying you know this is what our clientele likes and what they expect and you know some some breweries like that's that's just uh what what may be officially a flaw is kind of local taste or well and i think that 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 lands a great point in that um the you know rounding back to competitions bjcp is a standard for what a technically perfect beer should be Yes. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, if it's not within BJCP guidelines, it's going to be a bad beer. Right. And in very, very many cases, it's going to be a great beer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's not really a BJCP category for, you know, fruited sours like well, like like a like intensely fruited, you know, kettle <laughs> sours and stuff right. like that with like lactose and whatever. Like, they'd probably fall into some like experimental category or something, but. They're unparalleled, like in terms of like their popularity right now, yeah. and um, the BJCP works off of homebrewers as a guide as to what categories should be incorporated. Yep. Um, we we brew what's popular, and they then every you know however many years create guidelines to reflect as best as they can that style, uh, which is why we've seen like Catalina uh, sours and New England IPAs and stuff like that sort of like pop up recently. New Zealand pills But I think I think this is a good transition into because again, in true Michigan brew style, we've kind of gone way. <laughs> so let's transition into uh, what we're here to talk about is the Bell's Homebrew Competition, which is not a BGC, BJCP certified competition. Correct. Um, this uh, you know this is a unique competition. Uh, like Ian said, it's a free competition, but what you get for winning is you know far outweighs. Um, a lot of you know the the, the low level competition. In yeah, it is absolutely. So um, you know we tease that uh, we're, we're you know we we're here uh, today to kind of uh, give you the sneak peek of what the competition is, when the competition is this year, and then uh, Ian's going to go over the details. So we can dive into that. Um, yeah. When when is the competition? So the, <laughs> so we'll start off with uh, the kickoff. So July eleventh. So coming up pretty quick is when you'll be able to sign up for work pickup. So if you're not familiar with the competition, it's a great segue. Um, you sign up online 
Uh, for a time slot, we're going to do pre-assigned uh, pickup times, which was a big re request. Um, so starting uh, uh, July 11th, you'll have access to register, which needs your name, your email, and then what time you want to come pick up your work. And they're going to be Windows. Um, and I think we're going to start at 3, 3 p.m. until 5.30 or so. Um, we're going to be open to 200 participants, so what we can have 200 competitors. Um, each are allowed uh, five gallons of work. If you want five gallons of work, um, you don't have to take five gallons. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Due to some strategy. Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that uh, later. <laughs> um, but the work pickup day is going to be July 31st. Okay. So show up at 3 o'clock, July 31st, pick up your work. Get whatever ingredients you need and go home and brew a good beer. So, can you can you give a little bit of feedback on uh, a little bit of background on that for those that aren't familiar with um, the Bell's Humber competition? Like, what do you mean by work pickup? Like, yeah. So, um, we every homebrew competition will brew work for the competitors, um, and we're using all 100% Michigan grown malt from Empire Malt. It's going to be great. As it, as it is every year, um, you sign up for the competition, and the only thing you have to do is come pick up your work in a bucket, in a corny keg, in, uh, in a carboy, in a growler bottle, as long as it's sanitized. And then from there, you're basically brewing, you know, uh, extract brewing. You go home, you boil it, throw in your yeast, and you get yourself a beer. And there's a lot more that can go into it. Yeah, just to call it out, because I know we've I've, I've been. If I'm looking at my phone now, it's because I don't have my computer, so I can't see comments. So I've been trying to watch. Um, Brian's the only one that's, that's driving tonight. If you were here at the beginning, you saw that. <laughs> uh, but um, so we did have a question from uh, Brian Newcomb at Gluten Free uh, Homebrew Supply, which is, you know, can I do a gluten free entry? And, and no, the, the answer right now is no, because it is a supplied wort. That's, that's the kitsch or the, the specialty of this competition is. Bells is making the beer for you or the wort for you. And we're all coming together here, um, you know, at the eccentric cafe on the 31st, we're going to take that wort and go home. And then, and then it's how you treat it. Um, you can add whatever you want, right? You can add whatever you want. As long as the base, as long as the base of it is our wort, you can do whatever you want to it. Uh, and except for, and I, I want to throw this out there. You cannot put uh, cannabis in it. <laughs> we will not judge uh, beers with marijuana in them. Thank you for yeah. Clarifying so I'm just going to be I'm going to be very you know clear because I mean not that it's a personal thing but it is a health and safety thing. Uh, we <laughs> last time we had the competition we had about four or five beers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people might ask why do you, why do you have to even say that? Well, you know if we say you can do whatever you want to the beer, people will do whatever they want to the beer. Yeah. Um, so just throw that out to do whatever you want, except cannabis, except for any other cannabis or anything that might harm um, one of the one of the, one of the judges. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know it's 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 all Michigan Pale Malt. We don't have a gluten free um, option um, yet. You know that's something we definitely look into though. Gluten free brewing is that'd be an good. interesting, you know, uh, twist to a whole batch one year, so right? And when yeah. you guys come and yeah. pick up a, a, a gluten free beer or gluten free work, can you imagine that? So, we brought that up, and, and since uh, Brian's in the in the comments asking that question, uh, just a little preview on, on shows that are coming up. 
Um, we are actually going to be doing a show with uh, Brian Newcomb from Gluten Free Brew Homebrew. Or I, I keep messing up his name. It's Gluten Free Brew Supply. I think is the name of the show or store. Um, we actually got a kit from Brian, and we Brian and I got together and brewed a gluten free beer this weekend. Um, first time we've ever done that, and we're going to have him on later in the month, and we're going to be able to sample that beer. Uh, you couldn't be there because you were on vacation. Yeah, I was, yeah I, was, I, was, I was up north chasing my child around. Right on. Yeah. Um, so that'll come later later this month. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a, a show on gluten-free beer um, and try the beer that Brian and I made on, on my single tier yesterday. Two Hopefully. days ago. Two days ago. I did a lot of manual labor yesterday, so I kind of, <laughs> kind of blacked out in my head. Um, what I want to clarify, Ian, Brandon says no cocaine. Right? <laughs> no illegal uh, substances. Yeah, please, no, no cocaine okay. either. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anything on yeah, on anything that spectrum. No, no, yeah. Nothing on that spectrum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're picking up after July thirty first. It's going to be great. We're going to be running some deals um, in in the store. Um, we're also happy to announce that we'll be carrying Omega yeast now. No way. Yeah. Really? So that's a partnership that we recently struck up. And is that in addition to or in replacement of? In addition to the yeast that we're currently carrying. So um, Imperial as our as our liquid yeast, our main liquid yeast that we carry, we will still be carrying Imperial yeast. Cool. We are adding um, Omega and it's exciting because they're coming out with some really exciting new products, yeah, including Yelp. And, and they're doing a new pack size, so slightly oh. larger, the higher yeast count, oh, no cell way. count. Okay. So keep an eye out for that. We're very excited to be partnering with Is them. Is that like a permanent like change? Like they're doing a new larger pack size instead of the old pack size? As far as I understand, okay. they'll be launching a, a, a new 50% more pack size cool. um, and, and some new strains as well that we'll have. Yeah, some. They, I saw that they just teased a new strain today. Uh, tropic something. Yeah, it had like an owl. owl or yeah, and it, yeah, and it had no details other than yeah. like a, a picture of an owl and a some citrus fruit, maybe a dragon fruit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, if, I if you, if you go I haven't signed an NDA or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't want to get in trouble. I will say that this new project that they're going to be launching is um, is exciting in terms of what it means for dry hopping and what it means for juicy beers yeah. and uh, we'll I say mean, what it means for files. And I will speak out and say what I know as far as like rumors go is that they're introducing a beer that contains uh, yeast. Uh, a yeast that produces uh, uh, beta glucosidase, mm -hmm. which is able to sort of unlock bound files in, in hops. So that's a rumor that I've heard online and I have no affiliation with oh, <laughs> with with Omega at all, so. But know. if you go back, I think it was in uh, late November, early December of last year. We did have Lance Shaner on the show. I forget the episode number off the top of my head. He did hint to something like that on our show, uh, and he did, yeah. So, um, you know, go back and check that out. Check out Omega East. Um, yeah. Lance was cool to come and hang out with us for a couple hours, uh, and they are doing some really cool shit over there. At, uh, it's honestly Omega. probably one of the most technical shows. Of the <laughs> it was. Like, He's such he a was, smart dude. Yeah, he was, he was I know I was uh, I was intimidated and like how do you address uh, an attorney, uh, doctor, 
This guy was definitely smarter than all of us. Um, <laughs> super cool to hang out with, though. Really friendly. Uh, Omega East has got some cool shit. So I'm excited to, to see that you guys are, are bringing them in shop. That's awesome. Yeah, so look for that when you come in for your work pickup. We might have some freeze to be given away. Um, not only from Omega, we also, you know, long-standing partnership with Imperial, who makes amazing quality yeast. Their yeast is fantastic. Cell counts they get in those little bags is just ridiculous. Um, also, Lollamand with all of the, you know, the, the wild, mm-hmm. wild brew series that mm-hmm. they have, you know, the wild pitch, the Philly sour, um, Philly sour. the the dry boss yeast that they have. So there's going to be some cool yeast deals. Um, going to be getting in some new hop, hop varieties, hopefully, and, and some new um, equipment. So if you're looking to upgrade some stuff, um, you know, now that I kind of have a hand in, you know, what's getting put in the store, I am such a big nerd that I want, the new cool gadget for home <laughs> brewing. So like all in one system. All in one system. So awesome. I want like all in one. I'm interested in like the tilt hydrometers, you know, that they tell you your beer and its temperature, um, your gravity, the these tap coolers, the counter pressure bottle fillers, which are really handy for people that have, you know, kegerator systems. So I love that filler. Oh my God. Ryan has one. I bought I one. Two. Oh, you have two now? No, oh, it's, uh, I have one dedicated for sours and so just because. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> really? I love the tap cooler uh, bottle filler. It's just, it's it's shocking how such a small piece of equipment can yeah. so beautifully fill a bottle of beer. So speaking of the uh, the staggered work pickups and stuff like that, yeah. David asks, um, so no homebrew expo this year. That is not the case. Okay. So, well, let's, um, so... The day of the work pickup is going to be focused on the brewer. So getting the ingredients you need, picking up your work, and giving you the time to go home and make a good beer. You know, we don't want to hold it up too long because you got to get brewing with it, sure. right? Yeah. Our homebrew expo is going to happen September 19th in conjunction with the announcement of that year's winner and runner-ups. Ah, okay. So real quick, so since we're getting there, we'll... If the 31st is the pickup, when is the turn-in? The turn-in is, let me check my notes, September 3rd. So all submissions are due Friday, September 3rd to the the Bell General Store. Drop them off there. You have just a little over four weeks to turn this around this year. That's pretty good. good. That's fine. In fact, I remember in previous years, it was like, two months almost sometimes, which sometimes. made it really hard for the people that wanted to brew like an IPA or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just enough time if you want to do a lager, um, you know, just a little, you know, if you need to condition your IPA, if you need to, you know, if you're doing something with fruit, you have enough time to taste it and make sure you're getting it diastole mm-hmm. rested. So I think that's like a pretty good amount of time. So all final submissions due September 3rd. Um, judging will happen September 13th. Um, and then on September 19th, we will have the homebrew expo and announcements of the winners and runners up. So we're going to have, you know, 10 vendors. Hopefully we're going to have, um, some homebrew clubs be able to set up, um, tents. We're going to have, um, hopefully some other organizations focus on brewing and homebrewing be there. Maybe you could have a, a live stream podcast, uh, <laughs> Maybe if they want to set up a booth, I, I don't know. It's um, an idea. You're a thinker. <laughs> oh, 
so the so the expo is still happening it's just going to be happening now um on september 19th as more of a you know a celebration of homebrewing um and a celebration of, of of the community coinciding with our you know the anniversary of bells and, and uh, which anniversary is it yeah it's one of them the 30 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 37 36. I think it's I, 36. I, that, it's Last year was 35. It's got to be That's 36. what it was. Okay. Brian and I was talking, we were talking about this the other night, and I thought I said we just had 35, right? I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, because it happened sort of, you know, COVID, yeah. right as COVID happened, and uh, all the cool things were planned we did not happen. But this year, we're going to have a homebrew expo to celebrate. So, so it's kind of bringing so, that back to the roots. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think coinciding the uh, announcement of the homebrew winners um, at, with our anniversary kind of is, you know, spot on for, you know, the, the, the history of Bells and what we love here in the community that means a lot to us. So um, it's going to be perfect. So we'll have homebrew clubs set up. We're going to have some vendors, hopefully some um, local Michigan at, at Empire Mall, um, Michigan Hop Alliance. Hopefully some people from there will come down. And, and, and a few other surprises. So cool. we'll yeah, be announcing yeah. the top three places um, and any honorable mentions. Uh, we're going to be having some raffles, giveaways. Uh, we're going to have a lot of good beer on tap, including um, the winner of 20, 2020? 20, no, no, 2019's yeah. um, homebrew, Bell's homebrew competition winner, Bill Blaisley. His beer will go on tap September 19th, which is, I don't know if he knows that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Bill, I hope you're watching. Um, <laughs> you got to get that beer brew on. Uh, yeah, so, so, so that was an Imperial Coffee Blonde. It yes. was delicious. Yeah. And I, mean, I could talk a, a little bit about why that beer did so well. If yeah. You, if you want. Yeah. It was yeah, um, it was clean and clean in terms of free of off flavors. Um, it drank beautifully. It was well-balanced, it had coffee, vanilla, um, some other malt things. And it, it it stood out because of the way that it basically drank. It was so clean. The coffee didn't come through too strong. The, the vanilla that was used didn't come through as synthetic. It came across as natural and complementary to not only the coffee that was in the beer, but but also the base of the recipe. So the the word that we gave still came through. So I we kind of thought that was special was tasting a beer that was something completely different, you know, than what the mall what the wort set you up for, but was able to still showcase it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of this balance of the creativity of the brewer, but also like, hey, this is you know, this is the word, and here's how I treated it. And it really did. It and then looking away. back at, you know, previous uh, winners, there was, you know, a uh, Damson Plum Saison. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, this Coffee Blonde. Um, there was an Apricot IPA. Yeah, there's a quest. Um, and, and shoot. Many, they, many been, more. That they've I been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so there's probably a trend, right, in terms of what maybe like a like a Bell's Homebrew competition, like, like winner – might be in terms of a beer, right? You're not going to win maybe with like an American light lager as it is, just like a clean American light lager. Well, I think it, it would probably do well, but um, 
we are it, we are currently doing our uh, the show from the Accenture Cafe. So I think <laughs> <laughs> having an Accenture quality isn't going to be a bad thing. Okay. I will say that if you're just starting home brewing, if this maybe if you're thinking about doing this and you've never been entered a competition, maybe you've only brewed one batch of beer, you don't have to do anything crazy. If you create a clean beer that tastes good, that has good fermentation quality, it will be noticed. It will it win? Maybe. Who knows? But that's what you're looking for. You know. Now, now this is a unique thing to point out because if I'm right, both of you started home brewing yes. off of this competition. Yep. Me the year after Jordan, I think, and because right. of Jordan. Yep. Right. Wow. Yep. Yeah, this was the first batch of beer I ever brewed solo came directly from the Bell's Homebrew competition. And every year since then, um, I have used it as a opportunity to kind of experiment with something new, something I haven't done before. Um, or, you know, or, or, you know, try to use it as a refining of something that I've been brewing all year and just trying to get, you know, dial in a specific flavor. But yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Um, I think out of... Whoa, what the 10 years that I've been growing, I think only missed one competition. Have you missed one even? I don't know if you have. Last year, <laughs> last year, no, yeah, yeah, yeah last, last <laughs> year, yeah, everybody, everybody missed. I don't think I did. I don't think I have. I don't no, think I have. no, no, you're right. You're right. Wow. So I saw we had another comment <laughs> that came in about adding uh, different malt to the wort, and yep. and the, the answer is like you can do whatever you want with this wort, you can go and steep, you can go and uh, you can brew a, or, or mash out a whole separate batch and blend it together. Yep. Um, you can add whatever ever fruit, uh, adjuncts, specialty, malt extracts, weird shit you want to do. I mean, as long as I think the rules of the competition are you have to use the Bell's Wort. Which, which Ian says is going to, yes, he has some additional information about that apparently. About the, the, the wort? wort. Yeah. Oh, well, not, not much about the wort, but okay. I did want to uh, suggest couple of things. One, if, if this is your first time homebrewing, don't feel like you need to get five gallons of wort. You know, if you have a, 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 a two gallon kettle at, at home and that's all you can brew with, you don't need five gallons of wort. Okay, know? cool. If you're an advanced homebrewer, you pick up five gallons of wort, we only need four bottles. So you could do, you know, theoretically four different batches of beer based off of that one wort. Interesting. So concept. you could, okay. so or you, you could, don't have to. You're not limited. We right. don't know. We don't know what you do with the rest of the work. No, but I mean on submissions. Oh, I, if I yes, see, one one submission. You could do one submission, but I can break it out and do whatever I want. Yeah. And pick the best. And hmm. in terms of strategy, I think it might be interesting to brew, if, you know, two two beers, two two and a half gallon beers, hmm. and choose the one that came out the best. Never or brew four or five one-gallon beers, you know, and see which one comes out the best. We need four bottles, four 12-ounce bottles for judging, and the rest of that wort is is, is yours. So, uh, and you know, if you're thinking, if you're an experienced home brewer, or maybe you're a new home brewer, and you want to kind of mess around with something different, why don't you try doing a couple different beers? Why don't you try blending? Um, why don't you try blending this wort with you know something you had brewed previously? Um, there's a lot of different things you could do. Uh, exactly, yeah. and uh, the point of part of the point of it of 
it being a free competition is that 20 or $30 you would use for your, for your entry fee. You could put that into some new hops that you've never used, or you could buy a, some fruit puree that, you know, might be interesting to you. Try some different yeast. You, you have a lot of freedom with this competition and we're not going to be judging based on style guidelines. Like we talked about earlier, it's, um, you know, it's more, is this beer interesting? Does it taste good? Um, does it have off flavors? Is the overall impression or the general effect of the beer coming through, you know? And it's sort of a more um, conversational judging, which we could talk about more if you like. Yeah, no, we, we did talk about that, that this is kind of that objectional uh, judging. You know, this is what you guys like, what you want to see on, on tap at the Eccentric Cafe. So who though is, who is the judge? Okay. Who's just <laughs> so um, we have a panel of of um, people that work at the brewery that judge judge the beers. So uh, brewers, sensory specialists, people that work in the lab, are that on the daily are searching out off flavors. Um, we have people that will rub and select our hops every single year that we put in too hard. So we have people that are very skilled in 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 sensory and understanding what, you know, quality looks like and also what um, is enjoyable from a consumer standpoint. And what also, we all drink beer here. So if we're going to drink it again or not, that's also, you know, kind of a factor. On top of that, um, we have people that are within the company. Um, maybe they work downtown at the, at the cafe. Maybe they're bartenders. Maybe they're store clerks that work in the store and help people with homebrew they will receive um, some sensory training and sort of in, excuse me, intro to, <laughs> to beer judging, <laughs> you know, um, so that nobody's going into this judging these beers completely blind. Everyone will have an understanding of what to be looking out for. Um, and I know a big, you know, topic around the competition in the past has been feedback, um, trying to get more feedback because, if you're, if this is your first time ever brewing, feedback, you know, might be hit or miss, but you want some maybe affirmation, or you want somebody to tell you if you're what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong to give some direction. And then if you're a, a pro home brewer, you know, like you know, people at this table, you're gonna want to know why your beer didn't win, <laughs> or why yeah. you know that is honest, or why it didn't pass on to another round. So. Um, I have created a new judging sheet this year that will contain more parameters than than it previously had, okay. which I believe was um, it's it's been requested. I think a lot. Yeah, yeah and, and as a as a home brewer, that, that frustration of getting a beer back and not knowing hey, how far it got or why it didn't progress is frustrating. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure the judges are well equipped to provide that feedback, and then create a platform where. Um, the competitors will receive their feedback electronically. So directly to your email. So it's another reason it's important to provide you a working email is because instead of having to come in and get your, your wet piece of paper back, we'll actually, we'll scan them and email them to you. Oh, cool. Um, so that you have, you know, uh, you have that feedback and, you know, hopefully it's, hopefully it's useful. Some of my favorite feedback has actually come from, from those comps. You know, just like, like, uh, uh, 
and, and it's funny because if I think about it, I've never seen a pumpkin beer. So I did a pumpkin beer once and I got I got back great beer. I hate pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bad. That's fine. Yeah, I'm totally good with that. Uh, so whoever, I'm assuming it might have been Dave or somebody who was the, the final choice on that said, no, we're not doing a pumpkin beer. Oh, that's um, funny. <laughs> I remember one year I had I, I had turned in a uh, judging sheet that didn't have like backside to it or whatever, but they had drawn in the check marks like you know first table, second table, and then they had drawn in like final round and check marked it and then scribbled it out. Don't tease me. Yeah, JK. That's that's cool. I I, I, I yeah I appreciate the the scanning. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's time to move into the 21st century a little bit uh, <laughs> with <laughs> online registration and also electronic feedback. It's going to be hopefully a game changer for most people. Oh yeah, I think I think it will be. So we, we've talked about the comp a little bit, and and we did mention that you know um, Bill's beer is going to be on tap that day, which is awesome. Um, but what do you win? I mean, if you get this, you, of course, it's more than just getting your beer on tap at Bell's. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And I think something most homebrewers would be very stoked on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but on top of that, the winner of the competition um, not only gets a hand in brewing that beer on our three-barrel system, they are also entered into the Great American Beer Festival Pro-Am competition with Bell's. So... <laughs> still, it's it's still the music of beer. Yeah. <laughs> I usually, yeah, I'm usually able to pause my mic. We have no control. <laughs> What's sad is we usually are able to like drop ourselves off camera if we have to hit the hit the hat or, or, or something, and, and we're screwed. This helps. So it's like a like a rat like a. Like a round table. Well, no, what, what they can't see is we actually have bottles under the table. So the winners get what? Okay. Yeah, so the winners um, brew their beer on our B1 system. They get entered into the Great American Beer Festival Pro-Am competition with Bells. And then they also get flown out to the Great American Beer Festival. Um, they don't pay for it. They can enjoy several days of Heavy drinking, <laughs> uh, amazing beer, the best beer, honestly, in the world, definitely in the United States. Um, and then they get the honor of, you know, being represented by, you know, one of the best breweries in the country. 100%. And I think that that is a big, you know, that's a big thing. And I'm still kind of gobsmacked by it. It's probably like the best prize of any homework competition. It is. Yep. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, you know, Michigan Beer Cup's near and dear to my heart, and Nationals, you know, Brian just won silver medal for uh, American Wild Ale. Congratulations. Yeah, cool. um, Brian's getting a medal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all the comps we've ever been in, entered, you know, we get a medal, we might get a bag of grain, maybe a, a cool little gadget. Money to enter, right. you know, this competition. But we don't get to go to Great American Beer Fest and brew for our free. beer for free. For free competition. Uh, and, and, and brew our beer with, with uh, your crew, right? Yeah, I mean, um, the, the people that make the beer that you, you know, if you like Bells, you, the beer that you love will brew your beer and right. you'll get to brew it with them. And I, you know, I've never done right. it. I, I work here. I don't, I don't get to go in and brew 
a beer that I want, you know? And so it's a very special thing to be able to Just get that feedback and that loop. Um, yeah. And then you could come and enjoy a beer and invite all of your friends and say, my beer is on tap at the eccentric cafe, which, so we've been lucky enough that the last two winners have been <laughs> keepers of crap, which is we are all keepers, right? So this is our club. So Matt McClellan won two years ago with Heather's request or Apricot IPA. Three years ago with yeah, Heather's request, yeah, yeah. Apricot IPA. And Bill Blakesley won two years ago with uh, his, his Imperial Coffee Lime. Um, and and it, it was. It was an amazing experience to come down here um, for Matt, uh, not only to be here when he won, but to also then come back and have that beer on tap and drink it. Um, so I do want to take the moment to shout out for our, our local club, during COVID, uh, there was a competition that happened at ArcLight um, that was won by a keeper in Kalamazoo, Brandon Edwards, and his beer, Mango IPA, is currently on tap. He got to go brew that with ArcLight, and it's currently on tap at ArcLight. So if you guys can journey down to Waterville, you'll see it. It says uh, Brandon's award-winning Mango IPA uh, on the board. It's a catchy name. It's a great name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> go check that out. But, I mean, yeah, it's not, you know. It, it's it's it's. I just don't want to discount it. But you get to, uh, you know, we're going to we got to drink Matt's beer here. We're going to drink the um, Bill's beer here, and then you know, God willing, we'll have another keeper. Yeah. Uh, for twenty twenty one, we've got a good club. We got a. I think we have the most talented group of uh, brewers in, in Michigan. I don't want to say that because I'm biased because I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we're we're doing pretty good down here. You make some good beer. I mean, <laughs> you judge enough competitions, you, you realize that you know your home, the people that you brew with, may actually make some well, fucking so beer. That's so. It's. I mean, it's it, it's cool that you say that, and I 100% agree. And it's because like Jason came into our club when our club first started, and he's like, guys and girls, <laughs> like people, yeah, people, like uh, if you want to brew better beer, um, like. We're all becoming friends here, and sometimes friends have a hard time telling friends like you know, their beer shit because sometimes it really is. It is. Um, and their competitions and get your feedback. And if you get an eighteen, then you get an eighteen or something, and you understand why. And Jason's gotten like a freaking like eighteen or something like that. Or no, I, I it was mean, like twenty eight or something. No, I, I have. So I, I've, yeah. I've what I what my position in the club is competition coordinator. I'm, I'm here to encourage people in our competitions because you do get the best feedback. Minus NHC this year, but you, you do get good feedback on beer, um, or when, when you're when you're being judged, uh, you know by people you don't know. And I've I've taken a beer. Uh, well, Brian and I did a, a presentation together about brewing for competition, and I've taken a beer, a, a coffee stop that I made that scored eighteen or nineteen or whatever, and I've built on that, and I've taken that feedback, and uh, you know I've, I've tweaked the recipe, and I've adjusted my process, and I've improved my, you know. You know, whether it be my fermentation or or the process on how I I, I store and process the beer, I don't laugh at me on fermentation. Don't no, laugh at Brian <laughs> oh. in our comments. Right. Huh? Um, he's KGB. KGB. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it, Brian. But anyway, I've taken Wait. this coffee stout. Uh, <laughs> really? That's gone from an 18 to being the most metal beer I have. Right. With like yeah. eight awards and yeah. you know regularly scores in the high 40s. So. You're you're only going to get better by having somebody 
else, try your beer and give you that open and honest feedback. Because as much as I like Brian, I'm always going to tell him, yeah, that's a good beer, Brian. But I'm not, it's hard to tell him, you know, that it has flaws. It's hard. Actually, I, it's not. You know, I, we, Brian, I the, the better you get to know people, I think the right. easier it is to tell them open and honestly about their beers. And I appreciate that about like, so like Ian and you and Jordan. And uh, so I guess that's, again, one of the, the bigger like pluses of joining the home club is it, yeah, you're going to make friends with the longer you're, you know, in that club and the, the closer you are with those friends. They, they care about like, if, if you care about your copy, then they care about you caring about your hobby. Yeah, They're yep. going to give yeah. you that critical feedback. So it's always good yeah. to get yeah. impartial. Because you want that too. Yep. Right. Impartial outside feedback is always going to be best. You know, and, and we do, we do. I know, you know, Brian and I and the other officers and keepers, we do try to give real, and I know you do too. Uh, I read some of your comments. Uh, you really try to give that feedback. You cared. Um, and we try to do that instead of just telling you your beer is good. Um, right which is what I, I've gotten from <laughs> judges recently. Uh, <laughs> so inner uh, competitions, even if you don't think your beer is like, you know, that's the thing I, it bugs me the most when I hear people think, oh, I don't have anything that's cop competition worthy. Man, it all is. It you, all got, is yep. you got 10 bucks laying around or 14 or whatever it is, put it in a competition. Who knows? Uh, you'll at least get feedback. You're paying, you're paying, you know, 10, 12, 14 bucks, unless it's nationals and you're paying 30 bucks. Um, for a professional or a licensed taster, not licensed, but certified taster, to give you feedback on your beer, um, whether it's good or not, uh, it, it's yeah. And I'll, I'll also say, from you know, a judge's perspective, I don't, I don't mind if I get a beer that's that's not you know a twenty. I don't care if it, if, it, if I get a beer that's not a thirty. I right. Oftentimes, we'll prefer those um, opportunities because one. It might be an area where I can provide some valuable feedback to yeah. the brewer. It's also for me uh, an opportunity to understand like my training and resolidify how I, you know, smell beer. If I'm getting something with a, an off flavor that I don't know, that's a new learning opportunity for me. Sure, yeah. but I more than that, I like the opportunity to give feedback and to say I'm tasting just a bunch of, uh, you know banana and you it says an ipa you shouldn't have that much banana in it. Right. it's like okay well let's talk about your fermentation and here's some tips on how to fix that i've taken valuable feedback on on that coffee stop in particular you know whether they're telling me it's uh, too much malt bittering or you know my my fermentation was off or i under attenuated i've taken all of those steps and been able to tweak that beer to make it the award-winning beer that it is today and and you also on to that point you brewed the same beer several times. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And I think that is a good point. You don't have to brew something new every time you're brewing a beer. You could brew the same beer. Uh, and that's that's honestly how you grow. Yeah. I mean, when um, I, I used to brew a, a cinnamon stout, you know, mm. every, every year, you know, I, I would do it, and it, I decided one year it's like I'd never brew it without cinnamon, and decided you know I was just going to deconstruct it and brew the beer, the base beer as it was, turned out amazing. And that's what ended up getting me gold medals right. at the <laughs> Homebrew Fest. I got yeah, to so award that gold medal yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. That's a cool beer. Uh, and, and too, just to call out another comment, uh, we've got Adam Cagle, uh, who threw a, a wit beer in State Fair last year and took two the cop two years ago. Yeah. 
But Brian over there, you know, and, and like Adam said, you know, you might, you might win state fair. He threw yeah. his whip beer in. That was a recipe that he, he tweaked um, from another member of the club and um, put it in state fair. And Brian and I got to, Stand there and watch him get this big ass, obnoxious, <laughs> huge, obnoxious trophy, and then walk around the, the fairgrounds with him. Yeah, yeah, walk around behind him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was like, it was amazing. All these people were like, "Whoa, what did you win? Did you have the biggest cow or pig?" Or <laughs> I made the best beer. I mean, yeah, I made the best beer, and then everyone was like, "Fucking Fuck yeah, yeah. 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 way better than having the biggest pumpkin or something." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked about not being able to take so each other off stream, but I'm too old for this shit. So I'm going to step away from All right. See you back in a sec. So what else is changing for the competition this year? We talked about, you know, uh, you, you guys have used Empire Mall the last couple of years to make yep. uh, work. Um, pickup times are scheduled this year. Is it, so it's all going to be on one day. Yep. So we're just doing a one day pickup. Um, so for just a little bit of behind the scenes of how the sport actually sure. gets yeah, made. Yeah. So the brewers for our B1 facility come in at midnight the night before. When you say B1, that's downtown here, right? Yep. Out in Comstock? Yeah, so okay. that is our B1 brewery. We call it B1 because it was the first brewery. It was the brewery that Larry originally brewed on. Okay, cool. So the three-barrel system that he brewed on you know, in, in 1985 is the area that we're still brewing today. So we call that B1. It's downtown. Um, they come in at midnight. And they do a back-to-back -back brew. So they're brewing wow. for 15 hours, Oof. just back-to-back. It's -back. a long day. And if you, you know, those of you that have home brewed, the mash is probably the most boring part of the brew day. Just kind of sitting there. You're just sitting yeah. there, <laughs> yeah. right? So imagine doing that, and then you don't get the satisfaction of um, boiling and adding your hops. Right. So they don't get that. So they brew their beer, they mash it, they do a minimal boil, just to kill to make sure everything is, is sanitary everything's been killed um then they start brewing their second batch and then so we have basically you know 200 you know, we got a couple hundred uh gallons of beer by the end of that and that is done right at three o'clock three o'clock p.m on that day on july 31st is when they're done brewing they don't brew it and then go home and then come back and serve it. It's literally 15 hours later from when they started. You get the work. It is fresh, barely cooled. <laughs> so that's how that works. Um, so in order to make things a little bit easier for the, the competitors and also for the brewers, because they're going to want to go home and sleep, we set up everything online. So you'll register online. You'll choose the time slot that you want. Um, to come and pick up your work, you show up, pick it up, get some yeast, you go home and you brew. Um, in terms of you know other changes to the competition, um, we're going to have medals this year. Oh, so for those of you that like to collect hardware, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to have some um, some prizes for the for the top two spots that are not the winner. So second place, third place. So how deep are you meddling? First, second, and third? First, second, and third, potentially honorable mentions um, as well, um, depending on, you know, how many entries we get. I hope we get 200. Sure. So if you're out there and you know somebody who wants to homebrew, this is their opportunity to start. This is the catalyst that will get them into um, a life, being a life 
lifelong brewer. Reach out to our page. Reach out to like Keepers of Craft on Facebook too. Like Please. we would love to help you. If if like you need started. To, if you need to borrow a kettle, yeah. if you need yeah. to borrow, you know, some yeah. bottles. You, you find a person that will help you do this thing. It, I want to get 200 entries. Okay, if we get 200 entries, we'll we'll do some honorable mentions for good beer. Cool. You know, I'll, I'll just say it. Um, so that that's going to be different. Um, I'm also trying to think of any other changes. Oh, I'm making changes to our judging. So we're not adhering to BJCP guidelines. However, we will use them as a jumping off point to evaluate beers. Okay. Just in terms of um, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? And then my overall impression. So that's kind of the general... We're going to follow those parameters for judging because they're good. They're there for a reason. We won't be judging based on your style. So if you're brewing a beer, you don't even have to tell us the style. You could tell us um, something that's interesting about it, something you put into it, a different process that you did. More information isn't bad. You know, call it a beauty pageant sort of competition. Yeah, I would um, I would recommend make taking notes on what you're putting into the beer for the judges so that um, I mean, pe- people will taste what you tell them to taste yeah, in a way. Sure. So I, for this competition specifically, I would use that to your advantage. I'm not saying that the people tasting the beer aren't skilled, but I will say that if you put coriander in your beer and we can't taste it, we're going to look for it. Don't put yeah. coriander on your sheet. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's so. actually, it's, it's, it, you know, for, for those with inner homebrew competitions, it's one of those things like if it's not to style or it's not, you know, if it's, if it's a, a nuance, if it's not a bold flavor, don't call it out on your sheet because you're right. If you tell, if I, if you tell me that it's got coffee and I don't taste coffee, you're failed. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing in some of the, the, the little mini competitions that we've had in the club, you know, where we call out that it has to have, you know, this flavor or this presence. Um, but the flip side I would be, I would say is from a BJCP competition, where you might be afraid to call out that it has something. Um, this isn't that comp. You should no, be honest sure. and say, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you can taste that that apricot flavor and you got it from a hop, a hop yeah, yeah. Then, then call that out or whatever. Uh, yeah. um, but on that note, is there anything, when you're looking at the beer, when you're judging the beer and you're seeing what it's brewed, is there ever the possibility that you're just going to go, yeah, we're never going to make a beer with that? Yes. So unfortunately, because we're a production brewery, we do have some limitations in terms of um, what can be rebrewed. So we can't brew beer with popular allergens. So I'm talking about peanuts, cashews, real almonds. Those are beers that will likely not be chosen because logistically we just couldn't do it. That's so, a good call out. Yeah. Because yeah. I've actually heard a lot of people doing peanut beers um, yeah. or peanut butter beers. Peanut butter. And if you do a good peanut butter beer, it could still place. It likely will not win, unfortunately, because we can't brew it. Um, we can't. It's part of, you know, our ethos is we don't brew beer that people can buy in March to drink. You know, sure. Like with a popular allergen, we don't want anybody... <laughs> anybody's life being at risk because we're going to be a right? Yeah. Um, 
another weird thing that uh, you know I, I won't talk a whole lot about, but blueberries. I'm just going to give a suggestion that you stay away from those. Interesting. Um, I personally love blueberries and beer. I think it's uh, something that's unique to Michigan that we can put yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, a beer with blueberries will likely not place um, or at least win. So that's another recommendation to stay away from. So popular allergens and blueberries. <laughs> is, there, is there any like – so I, I remember a friend of mine at a brewery that was doing a homebrew comp, and he had to eliminate some entries because they had like – Amarillo hops and just it wasn't feasible for him to brew a beer. With no, that. I none you, of that. No, you choose the hops or okay. hops, the yeast. You don't have to submit the entry. The you don't have to submit the recipe when you submit. Yeah, it. so take good notes. Yeah, I mean, be be anal about the notes that you're taking when you're brewing your beer because it will have to be reproduced. <laughs> and if it can't be reproduced, number two is going to make their beer. You know, hopefully. But that recipe doesn't have to be submitted when the beer is submitted. No, you don't have to submit your recipe, but just understand that if you win the competition, yeah. we're going to come knocking on your door and asking for the recipe. And if you say, honestly, I don't know what I use. If you brewed the beer with a <laughs> wild-caught, you know, yeast, bacteria selection in your backyard or something yeah, like yeah. that, like, yeah. like, I might love it. I think, yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> I, I, I think that was cool with, uh, with Matt and with Bill, anyway. I know with Matt, for sure, and I think with Bill, like, that's a beer that they had iterated on multiple times. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Matt had uh, this cool history about Heather's yeah. request, even how it came about. And, you know, he had brewed it multiple times. And so it was kind of natural for him to step through it with Bell's beer or Bell's wort. And I, I'm, I know Bill's brewed that coffee Imperial Blonde. I think we yeah. even tasted it at our last, when we were judging the cookie beers. Yeah. That yeah. beer was very yeah. similar to, yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. Bill's a great brewer. Yes. Um, oh yeah, take good notes. Please take good notes on your beer. Um, yes. Even if you don't know, you know, if you're not confident that it's going to win, still take good notes because you'll be able to learn from it later. Yep. So I think we pretty much covered the competition. Um, what else do you have going on at the homebrew shop? I mean, is there, I, there? There seems to have been some changes to the store anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, layouts changed. Yeah, we're changing things along. Um, layouts changed. I'm working on getting some new malt in. Um, you know, when I first started getting into home brewing malt, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's the kind of, it's the most important part of the beer, but it's the last thing you think about sure. in, in kind yeah. of a way. Yeah. So I'm getting into malt sensory and, you know, getting, trying to select some malt that is going to show up in our beer um, and make our beer better. Anybody who brews with it. Um, I, I mentioned that we're going to start carrying Omega yeast. So that's going to be a huge addition to the, to the homebrew shop. Um, we're working on getting some new hop varieties in um, some experimental stuff that I'm excited about in terms of equipment. Um, we'll start carrying SS Brewtech equipment. We're going to start carrying, uh, tilt hydrometers. Uh, we're going to carry the entire line of, um, tap right. Yeah. The, uh, tap right bottle fillers, can the fillers, kind of stuff like stuff, that. Yeah. Yep. And we're always making changes. Um, additionally, homebrew kits. We have a monthly series um, where somebody in the store, now more broadly downtown, will 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 work together to come up with a a beer, brew it on the homebrew scale, and then create clones of it. So uh, a lot of homebrew clones. You can go on our website and look at them. They're 
some good ones. Last month we did a uh, Hellas Lager that was sort of a cross between your traditional style Hellas Lager and uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So all Cascade. We actually got some uh, whole cone Cascade to brew with it. Um, before that, we did a Maybach. Next month, we have a sweet stout coming out with pomegranate. Oh, so wow. we're just kind of going crazy. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, we have a spiced amber and a spiced brown coming out the month after that. So a lot of homebrew kits. Um, of course, our clone series that we have, we're going to be adding some beers to that. So there's some frequently asked for beers you know, from some of the people who like to brew the clones. We're going cool. to have some coming out, maybe some double IPAs to look out for. What about a Smitten clone? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I'll write it down. Yeah. I would love a Smitten clone. Smitten is one of my favorite beers. It is my it's favorite fellow's beer that's been discontinued, I think, two or three times yeah. now. Yeah. Do you ever, uh, you ever blend it with a Two Hearted? No. It's delicious. What, what, it a, what, what, are, what are the thoughts on a Mars clone? A Mars clone? I would love that. So we're thinking about, we have a couple of double IPAs that we might have brewed in the past year coming out as clone kids. So just, okay. Okay. just think about that. Okay. There's only a handful of Mars. Keep an eye out. Um, if you ever have questions, everybody in the store is knowledgeable. Everyone's learning. Um, please call us, ask us questions, come in and talk to us. If you have uh suggestions for things you'd like to see in the store or um you know in, in terms of homebrew please reach out i love it i love the feedback i always ask the homebrew community for their input because they're the customers and i value it a lot so please um don't hesitate to reach out if you got questions or or feedback right on yeah well, so go ahead I was gonna say, so what's the let's let's do the TLDR of like the homebrew competition. So the yep. pickup date is when? Pickup date is July thirty first. And then sign up date. Sign up date. Sign up date begins July eleventh. And that will be open until it's filled or until July thirty first. Two hundred spots of two hundred okay. entries. I went backwards, so thank you. <laughs> then the warp pickup will be Warp pickup is July thirty first. In the registered slots. Yes. And then the Drop off. You need to have your beer dropped off by September 3rd. And is that the same day as the expo? The expo is happening September 19th. Okay. At Bell's Eccentric Cafe in the back bar. The judging will be how long after the drop off? 10 days. So keep that in mind if you're doing anything bottle conditioned. You drop off on uh, at the latest September 3rd. We will then judge September 13th. So you have 10 days. If anything needs to be conditioned, yep, there's a 10-day period. Our, all of the beer will be stored at around 38 degrees until it's time for judging. Sweet. So good, good call out. You yep. brewing with Bell's Wort. You can do anything you want to it. Yeah, the only rule is you have to use all of it. Right? You have to use whatever you the pick work. up. You should use whatever you pick you should up. Use. Yep. You should use whatever you, you pick the up. The rule is you have to use Bell's Wort as your base. Yes. Yep. It uh, needs to be in the beer. And then we need to. We also have learned don't brew with allergens. Or Michigan blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> or Indiana blueberries. Are or marijuana or cocaine. Thank you. Or cocaine. Or, 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 or cocaine. Whoever, yeah. whoever mentioned that. That's right. So those Brandon, Brandon Edwards. Shout out to Brandon. Thanks, thanks Brandon. <laughs> thanks, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do, we'll do some housekeeping for Michigan brews. So yeah. we have, uh, you know, this show tonight. Thank you, Ian, for joining us and giving us and letting us break this news. 
letting us do a show from this fucking awesome <laughs> yeah, uh, facility. Um, next week, we should be back with Ascension Brewing. Um, we've got uh, one of the brewers there that's going to join us and talk about, um, you know, what they got going on over there. Uh, was there a few weeks ago. It's some really killer beer and some pretty awesome onion rings as well, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then uh, later in the month, uh, we should be hooking up with Handmap Brewing. And then as we mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to circle up with uh, uh, Brian Newcomb from uh, Gluten-Free Homebrew or Gluten-Free Brew Supply. Even though I butcher his name every time I say it. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, sorry Brian. Brian. <laughs> uh, um, and then, um, you know, for me, myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm plugging the Michigan Beer Cup. So if you're in Michigan, if you're watching the show, um, there's still entries open for the Michigan Beer Cup. Uh, drop off for the west side of the state is uh, you can drop your beer off at Bell's uh, General Store. You can drop your beer off at Siciliano's. Um, or there's a place in Traverse City, which I can't remember right now. I think Fresh Coast or something like that. Anyway, uh, bring your beers to Bell's. I'm going to pick your beer up in a couple of weeks and take it off. But anyway, entries for the Michigan Beer Cup are open right now uh, until we hit 125 entries. Uh, your beer has to be dropped off by the 16th. Um, State Fair. State Fair is already closed. Glen Cap's already closed. Um, I think that's the last one. The last big one for the year is going to be Michigan Beer Cup. So um, if you're a home brewer in Michigan, uh, enter the cup. It's 10 bucks. Uh, check on the website. There's more drop-offs. There's East Coast or uh, East Side drop-off, Mid-State drop-offs. I'm just in charge of the West Side. Those are the ones I know. Or by all means, make a uh, quick trip down to Bells and yeah, have a absolutely. pint out here and yep. get some pickup. Yep, grab some beer <laughs> and uh, pick Ian's brain. Yeah, come talk to me if you got recipe questions, if you got quality concerns. You could bring in a beer, I'll taste it, and I'll do my best to tell you if, if it's good or not. No, he says that's amazing feedback. Right. You know, it's a yeah, it's hard getting free beer from people, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll help. The so big thing is whether whether you're from the Kalamazoo area or anywhere else in the country, find a homebrew club. Yes. Um, yeah. Brian mentioned this on Reddit the other day. Somebody asked like a question about how do I get into homebrewing, or me and my partner are new to the area and we want to homebrew. And, you know, you said it, join a homebrew club. Um, so look up, you know, look in your area, uh, go to the AHA. They'll, they'll point you towards uh, homebrew clubs in your area or just Google it. Um, if you're in the Kalamazoo area, uh, you've got Keepers of Craft and uh, Kalamazoo Libation Organization of Brewers Club. Um, and a lot of good people uh, between the two clubs that will gladly drink your beer for free <laughs> and, uh, and give you some feedback. Yeah. So... Brian, no magic mushrooms. No magic. No. No. <laughs> I'm getting nervous now. <laughs> I'm not going to drink your beer. <laughs> Make sure I don't judge that one. So thanks again for having us here. Thanks again for of course giving us free beer. And uh, um, yeah, no, it's been awesome chatting with you. We can't wait for the competition this year. Like, I'm so yeah. glad it's coming back. Like, it's it's a celebration, you know, for Jordan and I, you know, for sure of, of, yeah. of just how we got this hot How you yeah, did it. So, so cool. I love that. All right, so you got to bear with us. Brian's going to um, start the outro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never leave him in charge of